Hello, and welcome to the Jake Albright Podcast. I'm Jake Albright, and this is my new podcast. I'll be bringing you in-depth conversation about the worlds of sports, politics, music, and culture. We will have new episodes three days a week, and this will be coming to you from the unique perspective of a 19-year-old from Sun Valley, Idaho. So, I'll stop with all the bullshit, and let's get to it. Welcome. We are live. It's Tuesday night. In Tempe, Arizona, is the Jake Albright podcast. Post-game, Lakers just beat the Miami Heat by six points in the NBA Finals. Take a 3-1 lead. Game was pretty close throughout. I never felt like the Lakers ever lost control of the game. Um, as Miami Heat, they just they just don't have enough. You know, as I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying throughout this, they, they're missing pieces, uh, mainly Goran Dragic. And Bam not being 100%, it's just they don't have their full team, which hurts. And the Lakers, they know what they need to do, and the Lakers are just a solid team. Uh, if we're going to talk about the Lakers in any other year, what, what LeBron and AD are doing is historic. Uh, we haven't seen this since Kobe and Shaq. The numbers they're putting up, the efficiency ratings, the PERs, just this hasn't been seen since... 20 years ago when we probably the greatest duo to ever play basketball was in their prime so this is this is something we definitely need to enjoy uh but at the same time after saying all that about those two i don't think this lakers team as a whole necessarily matches up historically as a great basketball team and i i don't think that's me saying anything out of the uh, extraordinary here but you know the lakers just they're solid. They're really, 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 really good defensively. One of the best defensive teams LeBron's ever had. If you look at their their nine-man rotation they're playing right now, it's really eight. Uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee aren't really playing this series. Uh, I mean, just it's pretty obvious why. The, the Heat play Bam as their center. And if Bam's not playing, they might play Myers Leonard or Kelly Olynyk. But the Heat play pretty small. Um, not as small as the Rockets, but pretty, pretty small like that. So the 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 Lakers have made that adjustment just like the Rocket series, and gone small with AD at five, LeBron at four, Kuzma at four, or Morris at four, or even Morris at five. You know that's that's one of the the positives of the Lakers is they might not be top heavy for per se as you know after after AD and LeBron there's a massive ma- oh my size of a goddamn fucking Grand Canyon drop off from fucking AD to whoever their third best player is. But the positive to that is their three through eight are all very, very, very solid basketball players who play really, really good defense, have all had NBA Finals experience other than Kuzma, and they just know what to do. They know they know how to get the job done. And the Heat, meanwhile, are playing Jay Crowder, who's had a little bit of experience in the playoffs. But Duncan Robinson, he's never been here. Tyler Hero's never been here. This is Jimmy Butler's first finals. This is Bam Adebayo's first real playoff run. Kelly Olynyk's been here a little bit. Obviously, Andre Iguodala is about as, you know, he's about as veteran as he gets. And Kendrick Nunn's a rookie. So this team is young. You know they're a solid team. They're they're they got fight uh, just to win one game against this Lakers team with the team they had, especially without Bam, 
is ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It needs to be remembered. Jimmy Butler's performance has to be remembered for what it was. I mean, it was it was insane. It was it was almost uh, dare I say Hall of Fame worthy to put up forty a forty point triple double um, in the finals. And I think I think you know with fans with there being no fans there this year, it's really changed how we. It, I I think it's changed just most importantly the gravity of how we look at these games and how we feel these games. You know, I think a lot of things that would be a lot bigger with fans and in a home in a home crowd or in an away crowd are just being kind of swept under the rug. You know, I think I think KCP's huge shot tonight, the three in the corner to put him up by five, I think that would, you know, that that wouldn't have been at Staples Center tonight. That would have been in Miami. But that would have been remembered as one of the one of the biggest shots, you know, of this playoff run. And I, I don't know if it's going to get remembered like that. I, I don't know what's what's going to get remembered from this playoff series from from the bubble. You know, it feels like a lot of stuff's already being forgotten in the regular season. But you know, we'll see. Time will only tell from that, and we got to see what happens next year. I mean, who knows when we'll be actually back to normal? So we could just be back here again in another bubble. But anyway, the the Los Angeles Lakers, I just think historically, you know, they don't match up necessarily to all-time great finals teams, but they had enough to get the job done, and that's all that matters. To me, a ring is a ring. You know, there's certain years where you got to play the be- some of the best teams ever. There's certain years where, you know, your path is easier to the finals. But a ring is a ring. LeBron's going to get his fourth ring. If you want to complain about this being an easy cakewalk ring, then I'll just say it averages out to literally the hardest NBA Finals victory of all time, coming back from 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, that averages itself out there if we want to make that argument. But LeBron is just... He's definitely getting older. I mean, if that's not obvious, then you've got some, you know, you've got some color blinders on. But LeBron's getting older. He's getting slower. He's missing a lot of layups. I don't know if you guys have noticed that this year, but it seems like to me that LeBron has actually been missing a lot of layups. You know, just a lot of easy, easy, easy layups. Um, And I don't know what that is. I don't know if he's getting more tired than usual or I, I just, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know even know if he can explain that. But it definitely seems like even though his numbers are still... It fucking stupid good, and he's gonna win the finals this year. It definitely seems like you know he's slowing down a little bit. He can he can pull it out when he needs to, but just like in recent years, you know he you're not gonna we're not gonna get full LeBron every single game, and I mean that's fine. He's he's still gonna win. He's still gonna put up numbers, and he's still the amount of fucking records this man is gonna break is is gonna be ridiculous. I mean. It's it's in twenty years I think people are gonna look back at at this fifteen, twenty year run from LeBron James and I, I think even what we're doing right now, people people will call me, you know, overrating him or overhyping him. I think looking back, we're gonna we're gonna say this is even more impressive than we are right now. I, it's 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 insane what he's doing. 
and we're you know we're nitpicking all the little details right now because that's all we can do. That's you know that's the only thing people against LeBron can do is nitpick all the little things, all the missed layups. But guess what gets forgotten is is those little plays, those little turnovers. He had eight turnovers in Game Three. That gets forgotten. What gets remembered is what he did, and that's that's when that's when a Finals in his seventeenth year in the league average. 28, 10 and 10 in the playoffs, lead the league in assists. Probably should have won MVP if we're going to be honest in the regular season. Just the 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 full body of work that LeBron James has put together is has been astounding. And I I really don't think it's appreciated enough. Um for what he does on and off the basketball court, but basically on the basketball court specifically right now. Just the passing, the defense, the scoring, more, and the fact that he can do that when he wants to do it is just—it's what separates, you know, it's what separates superstars from stars. And like we saw tonight, bringing this back to the game, I got off on a little tangent there. I just, you know, LeBron's the greatest athlete I've ever seen. I'm gonna enjoy him. But back to the game tonight. I think that's just the difference between players like, you know, LeBron James and Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, he can put together one 140-point triple-double game, and he's just going to go back to being Jimmy Butler. He's going to go back to scoring 20 points, and and that's going to be it. And, and you know, those games, are, those games are unexpected. For LeBron, those games are whenever he wants. And that's, that's the difference. And, I mean, I'm not saying this – saying that anyone is saying that Jimmy Butler is as good as LeBron James, but I'm just saying that's what I think that's what's, you know, keeping Jimmy Butler from ascending into the superstar class of player is I and I think there's very few su- players in the superstar class, you know. I'm I'm probably a lot more stricter on that than most people. I would I would put three or four guys maybe in the NBA in that in that super superstar class, um, you know Kawhi Leonard, he had a chance this year to maybe overtake LeBron. He he had his chance. I mean, he had his he came for the crown, and he he didn't even he he didn't even get to it. I mean, he didn't even get to fight the king. So I don't know what to say. I, LeBron's the only one still in the game that can turn it on and off like that. Jimmy Butler, he tried. He had a really, really good game, one of the greatest games in finals history. But that's just what it was. It was one of the greatest games in finals history. And then, and that's what it will pretty much be remembered for. I think the uh, the Miami Heat are, are done for. There's not too much else to talk about in this series. And there was a couple adjustments tonight I saw um, from the Miami Heat on defense. They, they really clamped down, especially in the first half. You could see if you go back and look. They really helped in from the corners on AD, especially on pick and rolls. Just watching AD, waiting for that lob, waiting for that the the lob pass into AD from LeBron. Mostly, uh, you could tell. I mean, LeBron had five turnovers in the first quarter and a half. A lot just from trying to force feed AD the ball. Um, they were doing that, and they were also fronting AD. Really good fronting. Uh, the Lakers were being a little lazy with their passes, weren't getting into good position. But the the Miami Heat definitely are a really really good defensive team, um, and and obviously they have one of the best coaches in the league, and that showed tonight. 
the fact that they're keeping this close is is really really impressive without Goran Dragic and a and a, a not a hundred percent Bam out of bio. I mean, he had a pretty good game tonight. He had some flashes, but you could tell he just he just wasn't the same. And he he went over every game every time he went out of the t- game. Excuse me. And he iced, and you know you you got to get treatment on it. So he's battling, and the Heat just don't look the same, which is which is a shame. I'm not saying the Heat would have won the series necessarily, but I definitely think it could have gone six or seven um, if they had their full team. But after saying all that, I just think this Lakers team is better. Uh, they they adjusted to the Miami Heat's adjustment in the second half, kicked out to corner shooters. I mean, you could see on that last on that last play or one of the last plays to KCP on that corner three. LeBron read it beautifully. He saw they were waiting for him to dump it down to AD um, or drive, and he just kicked it right out to KCP. And even more importantly, he trusted KCP in that situation with two minutes left in, the, in an NBA Finals game to hit that shot. And I think that tells you a lot about you know people hate on KCP. They don't, they don't, they don't give him a, uh, very much credit for what he does. But LeBron trusted him in the biggest possession of the game tonight, and he came through. And I mean, quite honestly, he he, he won them an NBA Finals because if he misses that shot, the Miami Heat go down. They're only down two points, and you know they could very easily get a bucket, a three, anything like that. And that game gets really tight, and that series could go to two-two. I mean, uh, there's just no other way to that. That is that is the series right there. And as a basketball fan, that's what we live for: is those type of moments where one play can decide nine months of basketball. You know, one play can decide a team season. That play right there well, was two plays: Jimmy Butler missing the three, and then KCP coming down and hitting that. That that really just swung the whole the the game, which swung the series, which swung the season, and and that's what it comes down to, is those little plays and who can make those plays at the end of the day, and that's why, the Lakers coming into this series, I had been in love with the Heat coming into this series. I picked them against the Bucks and I picked them against the Celtics. I just thought that they were scrappy. They were they were just a really good matchup, honestly, against the Bucks. The Bucks just had no answers for anyone on the Heat. And the Celtics, I mean, very similar teams. Not personnel-wise, but, you know, just very similar basketball teams, skill-wise. I mean, it, it was very clear that those teams were pretty even. And the Miami Heat, just at the end of the day, they had more... At the end of the day, God, that's a bad cliche. I, I need to start a cliche counter. Jeez Louise, at the end of the day. Anyway, so... You know, the Miami Heat, they just, I completely lost track of where I was. Damn, the goddamn fucking cliche. At the end of the goddamn fucking day, I sound like I'm on goddamn fucking Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith. Jesus, fuck. I'll tell you what, though. LeBron hit a bunch of threes tonight. He hit some deep, deep threes. He hit one that got called back, and then I think he hit two other ones. And then he hit a big fadeaway turnaround in the post. With about eight minutes and forty-seven seconds left, that put him up by six. And after that, I mean, it it, it kind of was six and four, but never never closer than that. Um, the Lakers did a good job. They just clamped up on defense. Like I said earlier, they got no one in their rotation other than Kuzma, who 
is bad at defense, and that allows them, especially in late-game scenarios, to just, in the fourth quarter, they can put in a lineup where they have five people that you can trust with your life on defense in the playoffs. And that, and that's that's all you can ask for as a coach. You know what I'm saying? You can be able to switch. You're not scared of you know giving up an offensive rebound or anything like that. And then on the other end, you have players like Rondo and uh, KCP who are scrapping and hitting big shots and getting extra possessions. And that's while they might not be, you know, in, in another year against, you know, say a Warriors team or even a Clippers team, if they played that Clippers team, it might not have been enough necessarily, especially scoring-wise. It, it, it's clear this Lakers team is not very good offensively. They rely on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And as we see, as we saw tonight, when either one of those two aren't on or both of those two aren't on, it is, it is really, really hard for them to get points. Um, tonight specifically, I didn't think they went to AD enough. Um, the Heat did a really good job of fronting him. And like I said earlier, they were, they were collapsing on the, uh, the pick and roll from the corners getting a bunch of steals there, and just getting a bunch of deflections in general. But I just didn't feel like AD was getting enough touches. Um, he was also being pretty passive, I noticed, on threes. He had a couple open threes. He did hit that one at the end, but he had a couple open threes that he passed up. And I don't know if he, you know, that's just him trying to get a, a, a better shot. But, you know, that's, that's your that's – your, one of your best players in the NBA. I, I, I'd rather have him take a wide-open three than, you know, anything else that anybody not named LeBron James can get you on your basketball team. But after saying that, I mean, the Lakers, they, they struggle on offense. They're really, really, really good on defense. They're really smart. And that's what I thought this would come down to is, you know, they don't need to outscore the Miami Heat necessarily. Another cliche. Not as bad, but another cliche. They don't need to outscore the Miami Heat, you know, offensively. They just, you know, and LeBron knows this, obviously. They just need to play good basketball. They, LeBron needs to play solid basketball. AD needs to get 25 to 30 a game and, you know, hope that one or two other players contribute. But, I, I you know, it's pretty obvious that, that LeBron knows he doesn't need to dig deep you know, go go into his, his Warriors bag, his average of 40-point triple-double bag in this series. I mean, he he's, he's if we're going to be honest, he's coasting. And people will say that is, that is bad or that is, you know, Jordan wouldn't do that. But he knows he's got the better team. He knows he's going to win. He's, he's coasting. I mean, he's... He, He's getting his 25, 10, and 8, and he, he's, he's just getting the win. He's doing what he needs to do. And that's, and that's honestly, when I watch LeBron now, that's what I see from him. Is he, he is just at a point in his career where he is just so good that he knows exactly what he needs to do within a 48-minute basketball game to get a win. And if that means scoring 50 points, I believe that he still has that in him. He showed that in the last round. He, he could score 43. Um, if, you know, if, if it means he needs to get his teammates involved and get a triple-double, then that's what it means. But right now he knows that he can just, you know, coast a little bit, try when he needs to. And really, 
trust in AD, trust in his teammates, and he feels like that. This series will be over on Friday. The Lakers, gambling-wise, I'm going to win money on this. I feel, I feel good. I never thought I'd root for the Lakers in my life. I grew up a Phoenix Suns fan, and then I, was, I am an OKC fan now, Oklahoma City Thunder. Go Thunder, baby. Uh, but I do, I, I just, I got the Lakers at plus 120 before the Clippers lost. And I just felt like it was the best bet to make the Lakers. You bet on the best player in the playoffs. That's my rule. That's my number one rule in um, gambling as a whole. Uh, well, you know, as time goes on, we're going we're gonna to talk about gambling a lot more. I'm going to talk about gambling, I think, pretty much every show. I'll give you guys picks every week um, for NFL since that's pretty much the only thing left. Uh, you know, there's baseball on, but I don't. I enjoy watching playoff baseball. I don't watch regular season baseball, but I just don't. I don't know enough about the game. I don't know enough about the numbers and the lines to to put money on that, and and, and especially to have uh, you know have other money, have other people put money on that. So I'm just gonna stick to football. Uh, I do I do pretty well at football, uh, gambling wise. I'd say, you know, I I, I win I win money, uh, most weeks. Um, gambling. Now before we get really into gambling, I would like to say that gambling is what you make of it. I do not put more than I have a rule personally where I do not put more than thirty percent of you know my bankroll or what i have in my bank account on gambling i don't i don't, I don't gamble more than 25 to 30 percent of what i have in my bank account um so for me you know that's that's not that's not that much money um but for you know for other people who have who have more money obviously it it varies based on the bank account so just please be smart you know, don't bet all your money. And if you're up on the week, don't don't bet all, all the money you're up. Because trust me, if you lose that money, that's the worst feeling in the world. Losing all the money that you've won over the week. Um, and if you're down, don't chase. I mean, you're gonna chase. You're you're gonna chase at least once or twice. And honestly, you're gonna you're gonna lose your bankroll once or twice. You know you're gonna you're gonna lose it all on on a bet at the end of the week, but if you, if you're getting into gambling, that's just what's gonna happen, and you, you gotta learn from yourself. Um, I've learned throughout my life that you know you learn you learn more from experience, and that really is what gets implanted in your brain, um, rather than you know someone trying to tell you it. And, and as as smart as someone might know. And as you grow up, coming from a 19-year-old, as you grow up, you definitely realize um, things you used to think were right are wrong. And when you also realize that when you try to tell people that, younger people try to give them the, that advice that you wish you had heard, they're not going to listen. And there's, they're just like you. you know, They're going to want to experience that themselves, go through that themselves, and then learn and it's just it's a never ending cycle and it's, it, it's it's how human psychology works but that's a little off topic human psychology 
But, you know, hooey, that black mamba. Ethan, Ethan Smith will know. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, gambling, gambling. So, if you're going to get into gambling, please be smart with it. Don't bet your whole bankroll. Be responsible. But, gambling, if I'm going to be honest with you, if you like sports, is the most fun thing in the world. And it makes sports a hundred times better than they already are. Um, So, my plan will be to give you NFL picks probably. I'll be releasing podcasts Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, I'll give the picks um, Friday. Wednesday, I'll I'll probably talk about the lines. um, Talk about what I like. Friday, I'll give you my, you know, finalized picks. And Monday, you know, obviously we'll just review, see what see what I got wrong, see what I got right. A little Colin Coward type vibe. But gambling-wise, my picks, I really like teasers. Um, this is just a little background on what I like to do and my, my strategy as a gambler. Um, I really like teasers. Not many people like teasers. And um, I, I, that's why I feel like they're kind of like a hidden gem. Um, what I like to do for teaser, here's a teaser if you don't know for gambling, is where you take more two or more teams like a parlay, and you put them in basically a parlay, but the lines are different. So you take a spread or over under, and you you choose which how much you want to tease it. So I could tease a spread by. Six points, eight points, ten points, thirteen points, depending depending on the sport or the odds. So for football, we'll say since basketball is pretty much over, for football you can do a two-team tease for six points, or a three-team tease for ten points, or a three-team tease for thirteen points. Um, it might be a four-team tease for thirteen points, but I like to do mainly three-team teases for ten points and two-team teases for six points. So what you're basically doing is we'll take We'll go to the lines this week um, for football. There's some good games this week. I know the uh, the Browns and the Colts play two three and one teams. I honestly haven't looked at the lines yet for this league. Um, so we'll take these the top two lines I see. So we'll take the uh, the Bucks and the Bears. The Bucks are favored by minus four and a half, and the Bengals and the the Ravens. You can get the uh, the Bengals at plus 12.5 and, and the Ravens at minus 13.5. Different sites. But that's what it's around. Um, we'll call it minus 13.5. So for a teaser, if I were to do a two-team tease, I would probably take the uh, the Buccaneers to beat the Bears just because I think the uh, it's a short week. Um, and on short weeks, you just got to go with the better team, the better players. I think Tom Brady is just, he's better than, well, well, hold on. I was going to say he's better than Mitch Trubisky, but uh, I just remember that Nick Foles is playing, and uh, Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. That, um, yeah, that's difficult. That's tough, you know. If we're going to look back at the last time those two played, Uh, I guess, you know, if you if you beat the GOAT, you're going to get the nickname Big Dick Nick. Pause. But uh, he's called Big Dick Nick because he beat one man. 
he beat one man and got that nickname. And that one man he's playing this weekend. So that's interesting. But I think I'd still ride with Tom Brady. Six point tees, you could get that at plus one and a half from minus four and a half. So it would go from the the Bucks having to win by minus, more than four and a half to them only having basically to win the game. I mean, they could lose by one, but you know, basically you're just betting that they're going to win the game. And then looking at the uh, the Bengals and the Ravens, I think honestly I would tease the uh, the Bengals, and this is where uh, I was trying to take this. Um, is for teases, I really, really like, I, I mean, people out there, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a gambler, you can tell me if you you do this or other people do this, but I really, really like teasing underdogs, um, and that's been a successful, successful path for me in gambling, so, for example, I would tease the Bengals up to plus 18 and a half from plus 12 and a half or plus 19 and a half. So you would almost get the Bengals at 20 and a half points, 20 points pretty much. Um, and so basically all you're betting on is the Bengals don't get blown out. Um, you know, the Bengals can lose by 14. They can lose by two touchdowns. They could even lose by 17 there. But you're just, you're just saying, I don't think the Bengals are going to absolutely get shredded. And the Bengals versus the Ravens, that could be a tough example where I would, I would probably take a minute to think about that. Um, but there's, there's other games on here that I can find. Las Vegas versus Kansas City, for example. Kansas City is coming off a loss. But if you did, let's say, a three-team tease, you could get the Las Vegas Raiders up to maybe plus 23.5, you know. Any any football game, especially NFL football game between, and the the Raiders are not a bad NFL football team. If you can get a professional football team at plus twenty three and a half, you're you're gonna take that. You're gonna take that every day of the week. Um, the Eagles, I hate the Eagles. Let's let's so let's go through these lines, um, and let's break these down. And as we're doing this, I'll talk about the NFL season, and I'll just give you a little preview. Obviously, we're gonna dive a lot more into the NFL. Um, over this, uh, over the course of the coming months, as uh, the NBA is winding down, and you know the NBA is a year-round sport. We, you, we'll talk about the draft. Um, I, I I love all sports. I love college basketball. So I, I we'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about prospects. Um, I'm actually I've got some exciting stuff coming up for that too. I think I'm gonna have a couple um, college basketball players on. Actually, um, I'm gonna try to get them on. They're, uh, they're some of my lifelong friends. They play basketball at Stanford University. And so we'll try to get one of them on and, and talk to them, especially about um, one of the players in the draft, Tyrell Terry. Um, he is he's projected He was projected throughout the year to go late, late first round, I saw, uh, second round. And now he is, as, as you know, the pandemic wears on and, and there hasn't been much film you know season got cut short he wasn't allowed to you know show out in any any postseason tournaments there was no combine really and there was no really workouts or anything like that and obviously the draft has gotten pushed back so that's just given more time for teams to you know fuck themselves over and overthink especially these bad teams um or these good teams you know it gives them more time to watch film and and learn more about players these teams that you know maybe were focused on the playoffs um, like the Spurs or 
teams like that who are who are smart teams that that like to draft. Um, you know, obviously they have people that that do both, but now they can focus all their energy on the draft. And this guy, you know, players like Tyrell Terry are are shooting up the draft board. He, you know, I last I've seen, he's he's gonna go in the early twenties, um, ahead of ahead of players like Nico Mannion. And I guarantee, you know, especially most, I guarantee you, the people that are listening to this podcast right now have heard of Nico Mannion and have not heard of Tyrell Terry. And if you have not heard of Tyrell Terry, please look him up. He is he is really 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 good at basketball and he's, he's gonna be a good pro i really believe it I, he's just too good of a shooter he's too crafty with the ball and and so bad i mean like i said i i think you know i'm hoping to you know get get his teammates on one of his teammates on um to talk about tyrell and you know talk about other players in the draft and you know that'll be fun to break that down it'll be fun to do that and, you know, talk about some other stuff with the NBA. We'll get into um, free agency. And, uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with next season. So, you know, just who knows. We're just – there's just so much going on in the world. We're just going to we're just gonna take this podcast day by day and, uh, you know, be prepared to talk about anything. Be prepared for anything that's happening. And um, that's what I'm excited about is, you know, I'm I'm – feel like I'm well versed in a lot of different areas and there's a lot of different stuff going on um but specifically football I love football and you know who doesn't love football everyone watches football every Sunday and so that's you know that's what I'll be spending a lot of time on when we'll be talking about gambling picks for the week and different sorts of stuff like that. Make it fun for you guys. Have you guys win money, you know? Or you guys can come back at me and you know be mad at me. Get mad at me, you know. I'm not. I'm not promising you guys, and I'm not promising you money here, you know. But if I do win money, like this Lakers bet, you know, don't, you know. It's a ride or die type of thing, gambling. You know, you win, you win some, you lose some. It's like it's like relying on the three point line, you know. It's like being the Houston Rockets, but. On to the NFL for this week. We've got, um, I don't think any games will be canceled. I think the Titans game is is going to be played, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. But, you know, that's that's here nor there. It's not my decision to make, so I'm just going to enjoy the football while it's on. So, for these games, we have Thursday Night Football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chicago Bears, the Bucks are favored by four and a half. Let's see. I'm gonna pull up these official lines here. So yeah, that the it's it's four and a half. Let's get the total and the money line in here too. So the Bucks were favored. It opened at three. It's up to four and a half now. A uh, three was really low. I probably would have bet Bucks at three. Three is a key key number, however. Real quick, when I say key number, specifically for football gambling, key numbers are three and seven. So when a game is at a spread of three or seven, that means um, that it's probably something you don't want to bet. It's it's if you've ever played blackjack, it's like those numbers in blackjack. Um, 
I'm kind of blanking right now, but you know, like sixteen. If you see if if the dealer has a six, uh, like a six, you know, you want to you want to hammer that. That's a key number. Or if the dealer has a face card, you know, you probably want to stay away. But in football for gambling, three and seven are the key numbers because those numbers are the numbers that are most likely to push, right? You know, a game's most likely to end three or seven. There. So that's where you want to stay away from. So it opened at three. It's up to four and a half now. So four and a half we don't care about, right? Because a game obvious – well, four and a half it's impossible to end at. But, you know, a game it's tough to end between there. So we're just kind of betting on a team winning by a touchdown or a field goal. So the Buccaneers are obviously the better team against the Chicago Bears. It's a short week which plays into the Bears factor – because of Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's 43 years old. The more time he gets to rest, the better he's going to be. I mean, every week is, is shaky. It looks like he's on life alert. And then it's it's literally the meme with the guy. He's like, ah, call an ambulance. And then it's like, not for me. Like, that's Tom Brady every fucking week. It's like, it's like it, it, is this it? Like, is that it for Tom Brady? And then it's five touchdowns in the second half, and he beats the Chargers. So... Ah, call an ambulance. Not for me. That's Tom Brady's new nickname. But it's Thursday night. He's had, you know, four days to rest. That's that's not much time. So that's probably why the spread's a little lower. If this was, and it's in Chicago. Uh, I mean, there's no home crowd. So that's, you know, that's they're not going to get the full three points there. Um, but that's probably why it's only four and a half. Because I, I would have expected this line to be a little higher. I, I mean, I don't know what you, what you guys think. The Buccaneers are the better team. I don't know too much about the entry reports this week. But I would I, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to win that game. Um, I think the money line odds minus 215. That's, that's a little heavy. I might honestly stay away. But like I said earlier, you could definitely think about teasing the Bucks, And that's what I'm going to think about doing is teasing the Bucks. We could do a 10-point tease here and get them at 5.5, which plus 5.5, that basically means if they're going to lose, they're going to have to lose by a touchdown. And I think this, if, if the Bucks are going to lose this game, it's going to be a close game, right? If you're going to gamble, you have to think about the most likely scenarios for a game. And so this Bucks game, I think either the Bucks blow them out or if the Bears are going to win this game, it's going to be close. So if I can get anything... More than over that key number of three, so anything three and a half or above, uh, I think, I think that that could be that could be worthwhile. But you know, a two-team six-point tease that wouldn't do very much for you. Bengals Ravens, as I talked about, the, now we're onto the Sunday slate of games. Bengals Ravens, I don't think I'm going to touch the Ravens. I think you know that that line's high to avoid the tease. If you if you did a four team thirteen point tease, you could get that down to pretty much pick them, but I just don't think it's worth it. Um, I think the Ravens are are, are probably going to win that game, but the the Bengals are they they've got a good quarterback. I I love I love Joe Burrow. I I think he's the real deal. I think when LeBron James tweets, you have the it factor. That's that's all I really need to hear. But you know. 
Not to mention he had the greatest season any college quarterback has ever had. Won the national championship. Just the way he handles himself. I think he's the real deal. I think the Bengals are, without him, probably would be winless. Um, they probably would. That, that, that team is god-awful. They don't have any wide receivers. A.J. Green is he needs, He's going to retire in a, in a year or two. Which is sad because, you know, A.J. Green used to be really good and just derailed by injuries. But Joe Mixon's all right. They, they, they don't have any offensive line. Their, their defense is god-awful. And this Ravens team, you know, I think they're out to prove something after that Chiefs loss. I think I – don't, I don't think, you know, I think the Ravens – the Ravens we can, we can break down here. I don't know if I want to get too much into the Ravens, but they're a team where – they're good enough to kill every single team that is worse than them, and they're good enough, they're well enough coached um, where they're not going to play down to competition, and they're 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 going to beat everyone they need to beat, and they're going to beat a team that they're they're better than. But obviously, as it sh- as it's been shown, when they come up against a, a team that that is that is just as skilled, especially offensively. And and coaching wise, if they're matched coaching wise, they're they're it's it, they're not gonna win. They're just not gonna win. I don't I don't I don't know really how else to say that. But when the Ravens play a team that is just as good as them or better than them, they're just not gonna win. And that and that I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's just Lamar Jackson being young and needing to grow, and needing to just learn from those experiences, those losses, because. In sports nowadays, we we just do not give athletes time to grow. You know, we we expect them to be to be what they're going to be when they're 21 years old. You know, an athlete's prime isn't until they're 28, 29, 30 years old. I mean, a quarterback might be a little before then, so like 26, 27, 28. But Lamar Jackson is what, 22, 23 years old? He's he's very very young. And while while he's been in the league for a couple of years now, you know, it used to be we'd give quarterbacks and and stars in any sport, you know, years to grow. And and there'd be superstars and then there'd be the young the young stars that were were going to surpass them in in 5, 6 years. And I think I think you know obviously Lamar winning MVP kind of boosted him into that into that conversation where everyone thought he was a superstar and he was ready for that. And I I love Lamar I I'm I, I've loved him since Louisville. I mean he's one of my favorite college football players ever to watch. He he's insane. He's he's you just you you don't know what's gonna happen when he touches the ball. But. I just I, I think you know he needs to improve his his passing and overall as a team they need to figure out how to get weapons around him that suit him better um, because I think I heard this on the Monday Night Football broadcast Lamar just it's all him you know the Chiefs are all Mahomes but they're not all Mahomes they have they have stars. They have Tyreek Hill, they have Sammy Watkins, they have they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and these these players are all stars who are really really good. 
and and the Ravens don't really have that, you know. If a player is going to be a star like Hollywood Brown, it's going to be because Lamar Jackson made him a star. Um, or like a player like Mark Ingram, who is a running back that's getting older. And as we know, the running backs that get older, every year they get older, they're, they're just going to get exponentially worse. Um, and so I think the Ravens need to really, you know, but going off what I said earlier, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, counter counterpoint myself here. Hollywood Brown is young too. I mean, that team is young. That team is really young, and um, they locked up their players. They got Marlon Humphrey on an extension, who's a who's a very key part of their defense. And you know, I just giving them time to grow. I think is going to be the biggest thing. I think having patience with them. But in today's sports world, I don't know if we're going to be able to see them grow. Which is which is a shame, and I hope I hope that happens. I hope we can see this this core of the Ravens grow and go through playoff losses and and get beat by the Chiefs a bunch of times and finally get over that mountain because that you know obviously that's the best thing in sports is that underdog story is that team that 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 constantly gets beaten down beaten down and and comes back and finally beats beats the the king King Patrick, but. The Ravens, I think they're they're good enough to beat the bad teams, but they're they just for some reason, you know, they might be too young, maybe maybe maybe, you know, Harbaugh is just not the right coach. You know, who knows for for Lamar, you know, maybe they need a young coach that will that will put a system in around Lamar that is, that is more modern and more I, I don't I don't want to say modern, but you know, just different. You know something different. I think Lamar, I, I, you know, I think Lamar needs someone like like Andy Reid. You know who's who's gonna who's gonna be a mastermind and 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 shape something around Lamar's talents, like Andy Reid did with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so Ravens minus thirteen and a half. I think the Ravens are gonna take care of business. You know, I would think about maybe teasing them. But, you know, even a 10-point tease, that's why it's minus 13.5 is to avoid the 10-point tease and keep it at 3.5. At you know, keep it above 3. Because Ravens minus 3.5, they'd still have to win by more than a field goal. And so if this game was close and it came down to, say, a field goal, I mean, I, I still wouldn't hit the tease. So that's why I, I might stay away. That line, you know, Vegas is, Vegas is basically just telling me to stay away. They don't, they don't want me to tease it. Uh, Panthers Falcons, both not not good teams. Uh, you know Vegas is just gonna keep giving the Falcons the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> They're zero and four. The Panthers are two and two. You know maybe on paper this probably sh- you know Panthers maybe should be favored, but the Falcons are at home. I don't know. You know I haven't heard too much this year about what Vegas is how much Vegas is giving the home team. You know in recent years it's been three. But, you know, maybe they're they cut it in half, one and a half, just for travel and stuff like that. Maybe maybe still two. But the Falcons are favored by three and a half. Uh, oh, it opened at three and a half. It's down to two and a half now. Never mind. So I think that game could be really close. I think this is a game, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time on, but these teams aren't very interesting. 
Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna. I'll look at that. You know, maybe do a little research on that, but not too much going on there. Bills Titans, which would have been one of the marquee games of the weekend. The Bills are are really are a really good football team this year. There's no lines out because we don't know who's playing for the Titans, and we don't even know if that game's gonna happen. Um, so moving on, Chiefs Raiders. Chiefs are favored by minus twelve and a half. So that means you know they'd have to win by pretty much two touchdowns. And that's just a really high, high spread. Um, and same with the money line. Just a really high money line even to put in a parlay. You know, if you wanted to do one of those big, big favorite parlays, you could throw in the, the Chiefs and the Ravens. I would feel confident with that just because I think both those teams are, are, are going to win. But... Just real shit odds, real high lines. Vegas knows what they're doing now. It's week four. By about week four, they're, they're, this is week five, isn't it? You know, by these by this time, Vegas knows what they're doing with the lines. They have a good feel for it, so that's why it gets like that's it gets harder as the year goes on. But you know, that's why you watch more football. You, you do more research. So the Eagles and the Steelers. The Steelers are favored by seven points. Again, a key number. Seven. So that's a red flag. The Steelers have been really good this year, and the Eagles have been dog shit. And Vegas is, you know, the pe- people, not not even Vegas, but people are going to keep giving the Eagles chances, you know, just because I guess they want to. Sports are really, really weird, you know, because I have these rules that I go by in gambling and for how I talk about sports, you know, where I, I think – you know, the better team wins, and, and, and the better coach usually wins, especially in a, in a one-game scenario. But at the same time, you just it, – it's why we love sports. You get fucking Big Dick Nick and, and Doug Peterson and, and winning a Super Bowl. I mean, Doug Peterson – I'm going to sit down and, and, and tell my kids or someone that Doug Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick one year in a Super Bowl. I mean, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach I've ever seen. I would never, ever, ever bet against Bill Belichick in my life when it mattered. But Doug Peterson outcoached him. I mean, he was better than Bill Belichick. And it, it, it might have been for one game, but people, are, people aren't going to forget that. And that's why the Eagles are going to keep getting the benefit of the doubt. Carson Wentz didn't play in that Super Bowl, but he probably would have won MVP if he was healthy that year. Um... And people aren't going to forget that either. And so the Eagles are going to keep getting the benefit of the doubt. But I just don't think they're good. I mean, you gotta you got to prove some to me. Uh, you, something. I mean, you're, you're always hurt. You, you, you never win games. I mean, geez Louise. And the Steelers, on the other hand, they, they have been very, very solid this year. I, I don't know what their against the spread record is. But they have been a very, very good team. And I would definitely think about teasing this one, um, you know, down to maybe just Steelers minus one. Um, just because I think, or even throwing this in a uh, money line parlay, uh, just because the Steelers I think are 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 the better team, and I think they're they're going to win this game. So moving on, we got the Rams and the Washington football team. Ha ha ha. Uh, it is down to seven and a half, which I love. I, the Rams, 
I don't know why people are sleeping on the Rams. I don't know. I don't know why because of last year, um, where they didn't even have a bad year. I mean, they had almost. I it was it was nine and seven, and um, like I I read or listened to this earlier that you know it came down to a, it was it was a pretty simple explanation for why the Rams weren't good. I mean, there's not there's not many times where you can just look at a team that has regression like that from going from a Super Bowl to, uh, you know, missing the playoffs and pointed at one or two things, and that's what you could do for the Rams pretty much. You know, the Rams just got hurt. Their offensive line specifically was hurt, and they couldn't run the ball, and that's what they like to do on offense. Sean McVay's offense is very – you can't know what's going on. It's you know you rely on the offensive line for the run, and you know you rely on, you have to build that up to the play action. And so the Rams just they were hurt. Their offensive line was hurt, and obviously they traded for a couple players, made a couple big dick trades there uh, for Jalen Ramsey and and Dante Fowler. But Dante Fowler left in free agency, didn't he? So just Jalen Ramsey. So, I think the Rams they could they could really go far this year, and I think that Vegas is still they keep underrating them. I don't know if someone's out. I'm gonna have to look into that. I'll get back to you guys on Friday with my finalized picks. But the Rams, I I'm definitely looking at taking them just at minus seven and a half. That's pretty low in a, in a tease or maybe even just the spread. Uh, moving on, I'm just gonna go quick through these. Uh, the Cardinals and the Jets. The Cardinals are they're struggling. I mean, they're really struggling. Um, I kind of was. I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was drinking the Cardinals Kool Aid at the beginning of the year. I, I really like Kyler Murray. I thought he was. Um, I thought he had turned the corner, uh, as most people did. And I, I just thought, you know, a big part of that was he had two receivers that he knew he could get the ball to whenever he wanted. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is gonna be open until the end of fucking time. And you could throw a fucking football 30 yards away from the dude. He's going to catch it. And then you have the best receiver in the game, DeAndre Hopkins. And I thought it was, you know, good coach, Cliff Kinsbury. It was just, it was just time. And that's what every, you know, that's what I was reading. That's what, you know, it just seemed consensus. But at the same time, you know, there was that feeling in the back of the head. That, a, it's the Arizona Cardinals. When are they, you know, where the Arizona Cardinals doing? And... It just it just felt a little too rushed, like too early, and we've seen that over the last two weeks. I, they they've lost to two not good teams, and they just haven't played well. And they're playing the worst team in football this week. So if they lose this game, then then that's that. Then we really need to re reassess the Arizona Cardinals. But as long as they win this game, you know I don't think we're gonna learn much. I don't think we're gonna learn much. Um, spread's pretty minus seven. You could probably take that. I think people are going to take that, but I'm going to stay away. I need to learn a little bit more about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they're, they're just, they're just too inconsistent for me. Texans, Jaguars, two worst team, two of the worst teams in the league. I don't know what the Texans are doing. Uh, they better hire Eric B or there's going to be issues. I mean, that's, 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 that's just the easiest hire in the world. I could make that hire. Um, and the Jaguars, I just need them to lose every fucking game because I placed a bet, you know, not the smartest bet, but over 
I know it was under four and a half wins. They're one and three right now, so you could say they're on track. Um, you know, they just need to go one and three the rest of the year, pretty much. But I'm nervous about that one, to say the least. 49ers, Dolphins, there's not really any lines because no one knows what the fuck is going on with the 49ers right now, so we're just going to skip that one. The Giants and the Cowboys, I, I, the fucking Cowboys, I, I just love it. I, there's actually people, like, there's so many memes about these Cowboys people, but the best part is, like, I, there, there's actually people out there that, that really, like, root for the Cowboys and think the Cowboys are going to be good. And, like, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you know exactly who I'm talking about, you know exactly who you are, but, like, it's just really funny to me that you come into every year thinking the Cowboys are going to be good and it's going to be different, but your stupid, horrible owner is just going to fuck you every year because he's a dummy. Sorry, Jerry Jones, but it's true. Broncos, Pats, we don't know what's going on with Cam, so not much there. One of the best games of the weekend, in my opinion, the Colts and the Browns. I mean, the Colts are the best defensive football team in the NFL. I'm taking my glasses off here, and we're going to repeat this sentence because I never thought I'd say this in my entire life as an Indianapolis Colts fan. The Indianapolis Colts are the best defensive team in the NFL. I, I don't believe it. I don't know how it happened. Frank Reich is, I love, I love him so much. If we still had Andrew Luck, I, I don't know how many Super Bowls we would have won. But, you know, this team, this team, I don't think they're going to go too far in the playoffs. But this is a really solid football team. This is a 9-7, and 10-6 football team. You know, they're really, really good on defense. They've got Phillip Rivers, who is just, He's Philip Rivers. I mean, if you don't love Philip Rivers, I don't know what's wrong with you. You don't love football. If you don't love Philip Rivers, he he talks shit. He wins games. He loses games. He talks more shit. He goes home, has another kid, talks more shit, wins games, throws picks. He's awesome. I mean, the way he throws the football, he looks like a fucking. He just he. There's no way he should be he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's gonna be a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that 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 man that makes me happy. Um, the Sunday night game is Vikings Seahawks. That game was definitely um, pre-scheduled before the season, before uh, we knew the Vikings were horrible at football. But I think I don't I I want to I want to say I don't think they're horrible at football. I think that. Kirk Cousins isn't very good at football, and their defense isn't very good. But they've got good pieces. I don't think they're as bad as their record shows. But the Seahawks are going to they are going to win that game. They're going to win the football game. Um, Russell Wilson, let, let Russ cook. It's about damn time. I mean, he's been the most underrated quarterback, maybe, I think, in NFL history. I mean, NFL history. Uh, one of the only quarterbacks, or I think it was the second fastest quarterback to get to 40,000 passing yards and, and 10,000 rushing yards. You can correct me that if I'm wrong. Correct me on anything, email me or go to my website um, at thejakealbrightpod.com. Um, but 
let Russ cook the Seahawks. I think they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I think that's pretty obvious. Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches in the NFL. DK Metcalf, he is he's a star. He's going to score a touchdown every weekend. If you want to do a prop bet, you know, win some money every weekend, just fucking put some money on DK Metcalf scoring touchdown. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, DK Metcalf, anytime touchdown scorer. It's going to happen, you know, most weeks. Um, and lastly, the Monday night game, the, uh, the primetime favorite, New Orleans Saints versus the Los Angeles San Diego Chargers, who have a 16-year-old as their quarterback. In Justin Herbert, who is actually he's he's pretty good, and um, he went toe to toe with Tom Brady last week, which was pretty impressive. Um, you know, Tom Brady kind of just you know, uh, I don't I don't I don't really want to say it, but Tom Brady kind of just put his balls on the table and said, "I'm Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, get the fuck out of here," and um, you know, that's just what's gonna happen when you play Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever. And I don't think Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees in his prime could obviously do that, but I don't, I don't think Drew Brees is good enough to do that. I think this game is going to be pretty close. It's minus eight. Um, obviously, we'd have to, we have to see the status of Michael Thomas. But just looking at that line right now, that looks high. I think the Chargers are a pretty good football team. Um, this is especially one where I'd tease the Chargers. Um, I, I, I can tell you this right now. I'm already going to do this. I'm going to tease the Chargers. Uh, probably up to plus 18 from plus 8. Um, or I might wait to see if Michael Thomas is playing. But I just don't think they're going to get blown out. Um, they could lose this game. Obviously, I think they're going to lose. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to bet. They're going to win this game. But I, I, I think the Chargers are a good football team. And I, think, I, I don't think they're going to lose by more than two touchdowns, 18 points, 17. Two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, on Monday night, I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. So that's been, um, you know, my talk about the NFL. I will have my official picks, um, on Friday. If you are still listening to this podcast, you are, I, you're a crazy person. Thank you so much. I don't, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, thank you so much. I know this was bad. Like, this was really bad. Um, but they're going to get better. And that's the whole point of me doing this is I just need practice. And I just, you know, you got to start from somewhere. Everyone has their first episode. Um, my personal podcast hero, Bill Simmons, you know, he's got his first podcast ever that is probably just as bad as this. So, you know, that's why I just need to keep doing this and do it three times a week. And I, the podcast will sound better. They'll be more entertaining. Um, I haven't really decided on a time limit yet. I don't know if I want to make him less than an hour, an hour and a half, longer than that. Um, and I'm also still working on getting guests and stuff for the show. Um, it's still early. Please, please, please just hang with me. You know, just give it some time. Give it a couple weeks. Give it a month or two. I'm going to get better. Trust me. I, you know, hopefully there was a couple good things in here tonight, but like I said, if you're still with me through all of this, thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
we're going to get into more stuff next time. You know, we'll get into more politics, music, more in-depth with stuff. I will have more um, stats and research and stuff like that. I, I've just kind of thrown this together all in one day. Um, it's been pretty hectic. And so, you know, like I said, it'll, it'll get better. I'll add stuff. I'm, you know, this is, this is, this is, I know this is what I want to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I can already feel myself getting more comfortable. I've literally been talking to myself for an hour and almost a half now. So I feel like a crazy person, but I actually feel like I got a lot better in that hour and a half. Um, so I'll be back. This episode will be up. Um, you know, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it'll be up probably Wednesday or late Tuesday night. And um, yeah, I'll have another episode out Friday. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to decide. I, I, I'll probably do it before the game before the finals game but i might wait till after the finals game and um do it then and then release it on saturday just because you know that's probably what actually i'll do so thank you for listening thank you so much have a good night bye bye love you guys